The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 119 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And how about this? NFL Network superstar, Hall of Fame quarterback, my guy, one of the great stories in sports history, a real-life rags-to-riches Horatio Alger story. In fact, they made a movie on his life, American Underdog. Kurt Warner is a featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast to go over his life, his career, the movie, NFL takes for this upcoming season. Oh, always a joy talking to Kurt Warner. First time he stopped by the Adam Shine podcast, and this is an absolute treat. I remember seeing American Underdog this past year in the movie theaters. It was the first time we went back to the movie after COVID, and it was a tremendous experience. I just love the whole experience of going to a movie. There's nothing like the theater, especially now with the seats that recline and lean back. You get the large Diet Coke. You get the jumbo popcorn. I just love the experience of of going to a movie. I went this summer to go see Top Gun by myself, right? I, I love I love the first one, obviously, legendary. And the second one, without giving anything away, here I am. We have this great new theater where, where I live, and we go into this new theater, and it's like 30 people in the theater, and I'm sitting there by myself on a hot, humid Friday afternoon in the summer after spending the first half of the summer morning playing tennis, sitting outside by the pool at the club, and I go to the movie theater, and I'm so excited to see Top Gun, and I'm sitting there sobbing like a baby, just crying by myself in the movie. I'm not giving anything away, no spoilers, but I'm crying watching Top Gun, which, by the way, I had heard from a bunch of people, okay, you're going to love Top Gun. They always say, you know, know, the sequel's never as good as the original. I mean, all I'm going to say is Top Gun 2 that's currently in theaters is off the charts amazing. Like, it's it's beyond the hype. Now, again, I'm just thrilled to be back in the movie theater, and I, I've seen two movies since March 2020, American Underdog and Top Gun. So now I'm just, I'm, I want to go see the Elvis movie. I'm thrilled. I love going to the, to the movies, seeing a movie, family, Katie, friends, by myself, whatever it is. I just love the movies. And American Underdog is is fantastic. It's a great sports movie. And, you know, there's nothing like a great sports movie. To me, Bull Durham is still the greatest sports movie of, of all time. You know, my girls, Jolie's 14, Maya's 12. 
they're dying to see Bull Durham now. You know, they know all the expressions, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. I quote from Crash Davis, Nuke Lelouch from the movie all the time. So I, I think that I can finally, there's a couple of scenes that are interesting if you think of Bull Durham, but I can have them see Bull Durham. You know, I love Major League. I can have them see Major League. They've seen Hoosiers. Hoosiers is an all-time classic. It's it's one of my all-time favorites. They've seen Rudy. Obviously, they love Rudy. Rudy is an all-time great movie. I mean, you would have to be a psychopath. You would have to be the worst human being on earth to not like and appreciate the story of Rudy. And with that said, we bring in the senior executive producer of the Adam Shine podcast, Bob Stew. Bob, your official review of Rudy. He was offside, Adam. <laughs> the official should have thrown the flag. The play should not have counted. He was offside. I'm sorry. The story is ruined. You got to play by the rules here, Adam. I, I was just very disappointed in that whole thing. I mean, so you didn't like the movie, which is a great inspirational tale because your hot take, Rudy Rudiger, was off sides. Forget about the other two hours leading up to it. Your hot take, if you check the instant replay, call Mike Pereira. Rudy was off sides at the end of the movie. Oh, of course he was. And look, I love Sean Astin. I thought he was incredible in Lord of the Rings, but you know what? He was offside. Bob. It's offside. Bob, that is a, that is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, Hollywood would have rejected my ending, I'm telling you that. <laughs> a Miracle was a great sports movie. Oh, Remember, the yeah. Titans was great. Uh, I mean, there's so many great movies. The Rookie, the one with Dennis Quaid, was was not yeah. Rookie of the Year. It's confusing, the but yes. Rookie was a <laughs> tremendous sports movie. Uh, eight man outs on Ex excellent on movie. the Black Sox. Excellent yeah, movie. John Cusack was excellent. So good. Yes. How good was John Cusack in that, Bob? Excellent, Adam. That's a great movie. You know, I was just thinking about it. I haven't seen a movie in theaters I think since 2013. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't go to the movies ever. I think the last movie I saw was The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio. I, I thought the craziest thing about this <laughs> intro was going to be the fact that you don't like Rudy because you thought he was offsides. You haven't been to the movie theater since 2013? I don't know what happened. It's been like a 10-year hiatus. I just I don't go to the movies. I've seen a ton of movies. I always see them HBO, Amazon, everything. Whenever it comes out, Netflix, whatever. Always watching movies at the house. I just don't go to the theater. I, I don't... I don't necessarily like going to the movie theater. You don't? It's because, I, well, first off, you know this. I love to talk. I'm in radio. Sure. I have to sit there in silence for me two hours. That's like a torture thing for me. I can't do that. I got to give everybody every stupid opinion and hot take So I you're have. one of those during a, a movie. Are you constantly talking? I mean, I wouldn't say constantly, but I do like to speak sometimes. Well, you there might yeah. be things to analyze or yeah. to question or do yeah. you think this, I think that. Yeah. I don't like to actually break down the movie. I just like to say other things that are happening. I'm not a guy who'll ever like break down the movie when it's happening. I'm not going to do that to somebody else who's watching it, but yeah, I like to speak. So I can't I've officially like I've officially changed uh, listen, no one leads the league in speaking more than me. I mean all, all I do is speak. But for two hours of peace in a movie, there's no. nothing like it. Oh, it's just oh, it's tough. 
It's just tough for me. You I, know, I, maybe I was going to rip you for not going to movies since 2013. I think you need to be banned from all movie theaters. <laughs> I think that that's really the deal. The, maybe the maybe. movies just don't want you. It could be. Have you been shushed in a movie theater? No, not yet. I haven't been shushed. No, I'm. I can sit there not talking. I just don't like it. It's My biggest issue in the movie theater is I got to go to the bathroom every forty-five. Well, minutes. I know that. Yeah. Well, you're drinking the thousand waters. Yeah, I got all the waters, and I have to go with the large diet coke in the movie theater. Oh, of course. And the popcorn with the salt and the butter. Well, it's not I'm obsessed with the movie popcorn. I, it's I great. love the diet. I love the fountain soda. The fountain in the movie soda. Theater. Nothing's like a fountain soda. It's a simple pleasure in life. Oh, it's incredible. But yeah, I just I don't go. I haven't been to the movies in ages. I don't see myself going again. I don't know. That's unfortunate. It's not for me. No, apparently yeah. not. Kurt Warner, featured guest on the Adam Shine Podcast, and he joins us next. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian. Those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Hey, this is Mike Babchick for Morning Man of Mad Dog Sports Radio. When you are done listening to Shine, come hear me as I roast them. It's Babchick's morning after the podcast. We try to make sure our bosses never find out about it. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. The feature guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, NFL Network superstar and quarterback who is a Hall of Famer, one of the great stories in the history, frankly, of all the sports. My guy, the great Kurt Warner, the featured guest on the pod this week. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? Oh, Kurt, I'm great. And there's so much I would love to talk to you about, and I know you're gearing up for another great season on the NFL Network and, of course, being on NFL Game Day morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. But first, I want to start with you. American Underdog, I thought, was just a sensational movie. Took the kids. We went on Christmas Day. It was incredible. Obviously, it's your life, your life story. I thought it was just sensational. What did you think? You know what? I I loved it. Um, I thought they did a great job. It was a long time in the making. Uh, You know, we always said that, that we don't want to make a movie just to make a movie. We want to make the right movie. And I felt like the right movie was to not necessarily focus on the football aspect or I guess the football aspect that everybody knew that what happened in the NFL 
but to focus on, you know, what happened before that and not just my journey, but uh, the journeys of my wife and my son, who very much were underdogs in their own right. And to show kind of, you know, those three different stories, but then to show how those three stories intersected and it was together that we were able to become who we are and accomplish what we've been able to accomplish. And so I really thought they did a wonderful job of, of sharing all of that and being able to connect with a lot of different people in a lot of different places. And that's what I've always felt my story and why it resonated with so many people was because, you know, real life is more like our journeys than it is some other guys that end up, you know, in the hall of fame or being number one draft picks or having great, you know, sports careers. It's more about life. And that's why I think, you know, it was so well received and so many different people, whether you're a football fan or not, could really enjoy the story and could really connect to different parts of it. Um, And that's the kind of movie that we wanted to make. You know, the backdrop was football, but it wasn't really a football movie. It was a it was a life movie and it was a a love story, whether that was between me and my wife or me and my son and, uh, you know, my wife and her son and, and just so many different elements that I thought made it a really, really good movie, um, you know, from the standpoint of, I, I love stories. I love stories that can connect with people. And when I go to movies, I'm not all about, you know, the superheroes as much as I'll go to those with my kids, but you know, all the great, uh, you know, graphics and all the great technology that we use. I want I want a story. I want a story that touches yeah. me that when I leave, I'm thinking about, parts of that story. And I really believe that we made a movie that did that at a time, as you know, when there were so many people that I think found themselves as underdogs, more so, you know, through the pandemic and after the pandemic than ever before. And so I think it really connected to people on a level that they were they were at at that particular time. I think it inspired people and encouraged people. I think you nailed it. And I, I could speak to that. I think we all can. You know, I saw it on Christmas Day with my family and you know you feel like you know you hope you were coming on the other side of of the pandemic and i love the act of going to the movies it was the first time that i went to a movie since you know march of of 2020 so i mean it it really is it's a football story it's a sports story it's about life and i i I loved every single second of it you know obviously you got to make a movie for hollywood right you got to sell you got to get people to buy popcorn and soda you know knowing you your story i read the book you know with mike silver and knowing your wife's story and everything, I thought they hit it home brilliantly. Now, maybe Brenda wasn't in the locker room before your first game. That's going to be made right. for for the movie. Yeah. How did you feel they did, everybody did, in terms of basing it completely on your story? You know, I thought they did a great job. And, you know, that was important to us, is that we never wanted to have a movie when it was, you know, after it was all said and done, and somebody, you know, come to you and do an interview like we're doing now and go, hey, did that really happen? And you have to say, no, that didn't happen. Or, you know, cause then people start going, well, okay, what was the real story? And if that didn't happen, so everything you saw in the movie was based off of real life uh, episodes, things that happened in our life. As you said, there's always gonna be some Hollywood in it. You know, the, you know that last meeting between my wife and I, yeah, it didn't happen in the locker room, right, right, right. you know, before the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, those things didn't happen, but you know, so there's a little Hollywood mixed in, but every event that you saw was based off of real life. And that was important to us. So when people did ask us, hey, did you really walk in the snow? They probably made that up, right? You wanted to be able to say no. I mean, that was part of 
our journey. And, um, and, and it's part of the reason that we're really proud of the movie was there's nothing that we can point to and say, well, that didn't really happen. And so we've got to skirt around this issue or that issue. You know, that there are different little things and little details that as you're fighting for different, like, I really want this. And there was times that they just said, you know, we, we can't do that or budget doesn't allow it. Or in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I wanted to be an extra in the football scenes. I wanted to be able to throw a couple passes in my own movie. <laughs> and unfortunately, we could never get it done because of the pandemic and some of the rules that they had on the set. So, you know, there was things that, again, we, we would have liked to have seen in the movie. We thought some other great scenes that we had shot and, and that had happened in our life would be great. But at the end of the day, you got to trust the people saying, this is the story we're trying to make. And this is how we're going to tell that story. And at the end of the day, we were extremely happy with, with how they did it uh, and, and how true to life the movie was. You know, I, I think it pours through how much you, you believe in your faith and family and how much you love football. And, you know, that, that really resonated. And I thought that was amazing. And, you know, knowing you in the story and watching the movie, Curtis, you're going through your journey and your life and this real Horatio Alger rags to riches fairy tale and working in the grocery store and playing in different leagues and not getting the call on draft day and the whole scene with the Green Bay Packers. Was there ever a moment or two where you kind of flinched a little bit and said, you know what? I have to figure something else out. You know, I don't think I ever got there. Um, you know, there were definitely moments where I wondered if I would ever get an opportunity. You know, I think that was the difference with, you know, a lot of, you know, stories that you hear. I never lost confidence. You know, where, where people saw me that I sat on the bench or worked in the grocery store and all that stuff. I always looked at myself as that when I had a ball in my hands. Was there ever a time when I had a ball in my hands where I wasn't successful? Yes, it was only one year in college, but I was successful. Yes, I was playing arena football, but I was successful. So from a belief standpoint that I could play football and play at a high level, there was never that question. But the question did come up quite often as you're, you know, 25, 26, you know, you're getting to be 27. And it's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this opportunity. I don't know if I'm ever going to get that call to ask me to try out one more time just to prove, you know, and that's what you really want is just to prove to yourself, either I can or I can't do it. You know, nobody wants to be the guy that's 50 years old, sitting on the couch, watching a game on Sunday afternoon going, you know what, that could have been me. If yeah. Somebody just gave me a chance, you know, I wanted to at least have the chance. And if I couldn't do it, then I could walk away and go, okay, I, I wasn't good enough, but I wanted that chance. And that was the hardest part of that journey was just going, am I ever going to get it? How do, you know, how do I get somebody to see me to the point where they're willing to offer me that opportunity? Um, and so those were probably the, the, the biggest struggles along the way was just not understanding what that path was. You know, nobody had really walked that path. You know, I tell people that all the time is, you know, it's one thing when you're, you know, in, in a tough spot, but somebody else has walked the path so you can say, okay, here's the first step. And then here's the second step. And then here's how I'm going to climb my way back out of this hole. You know, when you're working in a grocery store and, and then you're playing arena, like nobody had walked that path. No. And so I didn't know what the steps were to get there. And that was really, really hard is going, okay, 
I know where I want to go, but I don't know how to get there. I don't know where the, the path is that, you know, that takes me there or where that first step is, you know, that gets me moving in the right direction. And those were, you know, the biggest hurdles and, and probably the biggest struggles of the entire journey. My kids are 14, 12, and 7. Two girls, youngest is a boy. They all love sports. And so they were asking me questions after the movie, specifically about your Super Bowl season and that run. And I'm like, I remember the Ravens game. I remember this. I remember that. I remember Trent's injury. I remember Dick Vermeule's press conference with a rally around Kurt Warner. I remember all of it. And and I said to my kids, I'm like, that season was like a movie. I mean, it it was a fairy tale. And then for me, I remember thinking, oh, wow, okay. Kirk can do this. The Rams are that good. Marshall's doing this and Tory's doing like you can see it, you can feel it. Was yeah. there a moment for you that season where you said, "My goodness, this is something special. This this could be the ultimate Hollywood ending." Um yeah, I mean, I think there were a couple moments. I, you know, the amazing thing and you know when I gave my Hall of Fame speech, there was actually only one teammate that I really thanked personally uh, on the stage. And that teammate was Trent Green. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, you know, I did was, you know, kind of twofold is first and foremost, when Trent got there and the way he was playing that preseason helped people to start believing like, oh, we could be pretty good. Like, I mean, we had the pieces, but, you know, it comes down to that position. And Trent was playing so well in that offense that people did start to go, oh my gosh, you know, we, we, we could be pretty good. And then obviously he helped me tremendously along the way uh, to get to where I was. Um, but I saw the talent that we had on that football team very, very early. And I fully believed that I was going to play well. Now, maybe not to the degree that I played that quickly, but I, I believed that I could play well. Um, but, you know, seeing all that, you, you have to do it on Sunday afternoons. You know, that's really what it comes down to. I, I mean, I can see something in preseason or I can see us in practice and go, man, you know what? We're pretty good. But, you know, you got to get hit in the mouth a little bit. You, you've got to go up against real defenses that are game planning against you. And I think the real moment where it just kind of flashed for all of us was when we played San Francisco the first time that year. It was, I think, week three or week four of the season. And they had beaten us 17 straight times. Mm. And so, you know, I was kind of new to the whole thing. But – you know, everybody talked about 49er week and, you know, they had owned the division for so long. And if we were going to do anything, if, if we were really a, a good team, we were going to show up against the 49ers and, and show the world that we we could play. You know, and I remember the quotes and the headlines that, you know, that week, the 49ers were calling us the same old lambs. You know, <laughs> you know it was like, oh, yeah, they started out 3-0, and but come on. We all know this is the same old team. And – you know, there was a kind of a focus that week. And we went out and kind of, you know, Isaac Bruce, who had been there, kind of elder statesman of that group, you know, was the one that kind of instilled in us that, hey, this week has to be different. This week is a different focus. And he came out, and I think he caught three touchdown passes in the first quarter of that game. And we came out fast, and, and we blew him out in that game. And I think that was the first moment where it's like, here's a big moment against a good football team that's really dominated us in the past. You know, can we rise up in that moment and be what we think we are? And we did exactly to them what we had done to everybody else. And it was kind of like, 
all right, this team's pretty special. Like, we need somebody to step up. You know, we've got all this talent. We're going to be able to handle the moment because I think that's what it's so much about. So many talented teams out there. Can you handle those moments? You know, like I said, when you when you take a loss, do you bounce back from that? When you're playing against a good team, you know, do you just beat the teams you're supposed to beat? Can you rise up and beat the good teams? And so that was the moment, I think, for us, where we all started looking around like, okay, yeah. you know, we, we may have – I know we're good, but we may have something here, um, you know, that could end up, you know, with, with a Super Bowl championship. Final movie question for you because you could tell I'm obsessed – you know, you always like that play the game, who plays you, whoever you are in a movie. I mean, you know, Jeff Goldblum could be me or Andy Samberg could be me. I mean, that's that's who's going to play me in, in the Adam Shine movie. So, you know, I thought the acting, by the way, and, and the casting, Dennis Quaid as Coach Vermeil, Anna Paquin as, as Brenda, Zachary Levi as, as you, I thought was fantastic. What yeah. did you think and were you involved in the process? Uh, I, I was not involved. We were not involved in the casting. I mean, you know, we always have that fun question. And of course, you know, we would be like, hey, you know, try this person. Or, or have you thought of, you know, so much of that comes down to not only people that they believe can play the role, but timing and availability. And, and you know, so there was a long list of people. But, you know, with the pandemic, movies had been on hold and people, you know, so all kinds of different things. But the beautiful part is that I always kind of believe it leads you back to where you should be. And I thought Zach did an unbelievable job. Um, you know, there was pictures that were shot or seen shot throughout the movie that we would send to our kids. And my kids would be like, oh, my gosh, I actually thought that was you sitting in there because wow. it looks so much like you. Um, you know, so many people talked about because a lot of times when it's you, you're like, I don't have any quirks. I don't have any mannerisms. What are you talking about? And so you'll see it on the big screen and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. And and your kids will be like, oh my gosh, he nailed you, dad. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't do that. So I have so many people that, you know, understand those little nuances of who I am that said, man, Zach did such a, a, a great job. And, you know, it, it's so cool that you, what you learn in the process is that, you know, a part of you, I think when it's your movie thinks it should be a documentary, like Zach should say exactly what I said you know, every single scene and it should play out, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't have said that. And what you learn is that at the end of the day, Zachary Levi is playing me. He's not trying to be me. And, you know, I had to come to that fact is that it was his interpretation of who I was and what the story was and allow him to do what he does so well while trying to get the essence of who I was or who Brenda was and the story was right. And that's when you're, you can step back and you can really appreciate and enjoy what Anna and, and what Zach did and, and, and Dennis and, I mean, all the great actors. We, I mean, we had an unbelievable cast. Um, Chase, uh, you know, I mean, just so many different people that, um, you know, that, that, that did a great job in the movie. Uh, you know, playing my son, Zachary Hayden was, was yeah. I mean, incredible. So uh, I just think they did uh, an unbelievable job in the movie of, of getting it right and getting the essence of the story and allowing those great actors to be them, but also to, you know, to, to capture what we wanted to capture in the movie. And I thought, you know, everybody did a great job. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. I want to get some NFL takes for this upcoming season on some of your former teams and go around the league a little bit. First, the Arizona Cardinals. I, 
Boy, the, the Kyler Murray contract was a hot-button topic for discussion. The the clause that was in, wasn't in. You know, he's got to put in X number of hours. I mean, he's a ridiculous talent. Is he the first guy in, last one to leave? I, I, I don't know about that. I've heard things to the contrary. Puts up big numbers. Hasn't played well down the stretch of seasons. What's your take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals moving forward? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the first thing, as you said, you know, you have to look at the body work and what he's accomplished in the short period of time that he's been in the league. And, you know, he's been in the MVP conversation, you know, a couple times, you know, midway through the year. Uh, you know, he's done some ridiculous things. He's put up some really good numbers. Um, and so, you know, all of that warrants him getting a big contract at some point, as you mentioned, I think the other side and, and, you know, maybe the side that, you know, you could say if, you know, the organization was looking at another side, they would say, well, you know, it's been great at times in the regular season, but you haven't shown us that you can be the guy that can carry us to the playoffs and win games in the playoffs. So, you know, there's that, you know, is he really a $40 million quarterback right now? So, so I understand both sides. I, I think, you know, Kyler would be the first one to say, yeah, I, I've got room to grow. I got, I got places I want to go. I'm, I, I have to get better than where I'm at right now. So I understood, you know, kind of the hesitation and the desire on, on both sides. Uh, you know, and I think ultimately it came down to, we've definitely seen enough from Kyler to say, yeah, we want to run with this guy for the next 15 years because he's got that kind of talent and he's shown, you know, that kind of ability at times. Um, but you know, when it comes like to the claws and stuff, but I think they were also saying, but he needs to grow and he needs to get better in certain areas. And, you know, so we'll give him the big contract because we know that that's coming and that's what we want to do. But we also know we've got to push him to grow from where he's at right now, or we're not going to get to where we're going. I think Kyler would be the first one to say the same thing. Like, I'm still learning this process. I'm still figuring out how to be an NFL quarterback and how this works. And the fact that I know I'm an unbelievable athlete and it's been great to be able to rely on that for so long, but I've got to get better at not just relying on my physical ability and becoming a more complete quarterback. So when that clause and, and you know, all the stuff came out, I actually didn't think it was that big a deal at all. I mean, yeah, it was put in the contract. But I think the bottom line was we're all trying to go to the same place. Cardinals, hey, Kyler, we need you to be better moving forward. You've been great for what you are and where you're at in your career, but we need you to be better. And I think Kyler's going, I get it, right? You're going to pay me $40 million? You want me to be better? You're kind of pushing me to, to try something different and new? And, and okay, let's do it. Like, okay, I mean – I've had plenty of players and coaches along the way that, you know, have, have tried to push me. Hey, let's go in and let's watch a little bit more film together. Let's let's talk about like that stuff happens and it needs to happen with all young quarterbacks that are trying to figure out how to prepare. Like, I don't know why we think just because a guy's been successful at whatever level that he's going to come in and know exactly what he has to do to prepare yeah. to be a championship quarterback. None of us knew that. We, we have to figure it out along the way. And we've got to figure out, oh, maybe what worked at the last level 
can't work at this level or can only get me so far at this level and I've got to add new things. And, and so to me, that's what that was all about was like, let's figure out the mix here that's going to get Kyler to be who Kyler wants to be and it's going to get Kyler to be who we want him to be. And, you know, maybe we've got to nudge him in this direction and say, hey, try this. Or, you know, come come and let me show you, you know, what we've done in the past or what guys have done in the past and, and figure out the right mix of preparation so we can get this unbelievably gifted, talented player to his highest potential. Because if we have that, you know, we're looking and going, we, we might have the you know most talented quarterback in this in the National Football League. We might have the best quarterback in the NFL if we can put all of that together. We just have to figure out how to get there, you know, together. And, you know, and it's not easy. Like, I mean, I get it. If Tyler's been so successful for so long, it's easy to go, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. And then eventually I'm going to get it at the NFL level and I'll be doing what I've always done. And the Cardinals going, well, maybe that's not quite good enough. And you need to, you know, we need to try some, some different things. So to me, not a big deal. I think coaches all the time are pushing players to try and do uh, and work on different things to become the best that they can be. And ultimately the player has to buy in and, and push in those directions and figure out what it is. And it, to me, that's what Kyler did. He signed it on the dotted line. Okay, you want me to work that much? I mean, I, I work that much anyways, but you want me to do it kind of this way instead of the Okay, whatever. Let, let's do it. You know, let's let's go be great together. And so it was just, to me, blown way out of proportion, you know, because it hadn't been in other contracts and because you want to, you know, say whatever you want to say. It's a young quarterback that is learning how to become the ultimate pro, and I had absolutely no problem with it. What's the biggest challenge for your Rams in an effort to run it back and win another Super Bowl this year? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the biggest challenge always, um, you know, to run it back is just to get things to play out the way they played out the year before. Uh, you know, whether that be injuries or whether that be, you know, winning close games or, or having certain things play in your favor, um, you know, one season it's really hard to, to have that stuff work out. You know, you talked about the 99 season. I did look back at that season sometimes and I was like, man, playing the quarterback position was almost easy. Like, it seemed like my first read was always open, you know, like things like that, where it was just like, man, everything that we wanted to have happen for us happened. For yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we were talented enough that you think, man, we could win the Super Bowl every year. But then you realize, you know, the next year I suffered a hand injury and I missed six games and now instead of being the number one seed and at home you know you're going on the road and you're fighting your way into the playoffs and so all of those things i mean you look at them on paper and i mean i i can't pick out an nfc team that i say oh you know they're better than the rams i mean you're the right. rams got right. to beat you all over the place from matthew stafford to cooper cup and, and alan robinson to aaron donald to jalen ramsey in the back i mean they just got star players, you know, that are big time players at, at every position. But again, you know, can everybody stay healthy? Can, can they get the breaks to go in their direction this year like they did last year? But on paper, I just, you know, I, I think all the other NFC teams have some deficiencies and some questions where I don't look at the Rams as much and go, oh, man, they lost this in the offseason. You know, they lost OBJ in the offseason. What are they going to do? Oh, they're going to get Allen Robinson. Like, you know, uh, you know, I think they're going to be really, really good again. Um, and they're going to just have to play well at the biggest moments, you know, because I always say that, you know, there's some teams that every year are kind of fighting 
to get into the playoffs. And then there's other teams that you kind of just chalk up, like Green Bay's going to be in the playoffs. Right. Like Aaron's going to get them in the playoffs. You know, the Rams are going to be in the playoffs. The Bucks are going to be in the playoffs. Now it comes down to instead of worrying about necessarily, and again, I don't want to, you know, like, oh, the 17 games aren't important in the regular season. It's not that. It's just like we're just kind of working to the point where we get into the playoffs, and then it's about putting three really good games to get, like playing to our potential for those three or four games, and we'll win a championship. And I think the Rams are one of those teams that are kind of, are going to check the box that they are going to get into the playoffs. Now it's can they play like they did last year in the postseason, be healthy, get those key plays at the key moments, and now they're you know now we're talking about a team that that definitely can repeat. Kurt, final question for you: Rams have the Bills to start the season. Listen, in addition to well, loving your work on NFL Network, QB Confidential, your Twitter feed, you always got great breakdowns of of quarterbacks. I know how much you love Josh Allen. I'm obsessed with Josh Allen. We had Josh Allen on the podcast last week. What makes Josh Allen so special? And can this be the year the Buffalo Bills get over the hump and win that elusive Super Bowl? Well, I mean, let's start with your second question first. I mean, I, I don't know why they can't, um, you know, because you looked at them last year against the Chiefs because I really thought the Chiefs, we're the best team in the AFC, and I know the Bengals beat them in the in the AFC, but that that thing just kind of got wacky real quick. I I don't think the Bengals were the best team, and the Bills outplayed the Chiefs, uh, especially down the stretch in that playoff game. And so thinking that they have all these pieces back, they've added guys like Vaughn Miller. Um, you know, you say to yourself, why why not? And you know, we both know that when it comes playoff time, it's about do you have a quarterback? that you feel can make the play in the moment? Do you have a quarterback that you feel like when the game gets bigger, they seem to play bigger? And that, to me, is why I like Josh Allen so much. Um, you know, I've said it over the last couple of years, is that, you know, there's still some deficiency sometimes with his technique, and if technique gets away from him, and he misses some layups, some throws that he should make. But the beautiful thing about Josh Allen is that he makes the plays, you know, that he shouldn't always make, or he makes the big plays that he's supposed to make most of the time. And that is a rare trait. There's a lot of good quarterbacks that make the layups. It's that second level throw that, you know, the 20 to 35 yard throws on a consistent level that separate the great ones from everybody else. And Josh makes those plays consistently he makes those plays at times look routine whether he's running out of the pocket whether he's running with his feet or whether he's just standing back there and just driving one of those bullets that that he can throw and that to me is what excites me is that I see a guy that continues to improve as an overall player but a guy that relishes the moment and has been big in the moment in those biggest games that they've played and you know so when you you look at it all together you know, because you look at the Chiefs and, you know, like Tyron Matthew to me is such a difference maker and they lost it. Yeah. Like, yeah. what will they be defensively? Because defensively that he was that guy that would just change things, you know, when they needed a guy on defense. So, you know, you know, obviously Tyree Kill. So they've got some questions about them where I believe the Bills are coming back and you're saying, man, they should be every bit as good as they were last year. And if they can just turn it up a little notch because of moves or just guys getting a little bit better 
why not the Bills? You know, and they're not playing in the AFC West where they got to play against, you know, <laughs> a mountain of a team, you know, every single time that they play in their division. So, you know, I think some of those things, you wonder the war of attrition, you know, with those West teams in the West, do they beat each other up a little bit? Do they, you know, do they knock each other back a little bit where Buffalo has a chance to to ascend and maybe get the number one seed and, and you know, what that can mean. So I do believe the Bills have that chance to, you know, to kind of flip this and, and get back the championship form, uh, you know, all starting with their quarterback. Kurt, this was unbelievable. We appreciate the time as always, my friend. I I love the story of your life and your incredible career, and I love the second act in your professional career, watching you on NFL Network every Sunday morning, NFL game day morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Kurt, we appreciate the time, my friend, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Awesome. I look forward to it. I know we'll hook up during the season, but but enjoy the season. Uh, you know, have, have a great one, and uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk down the road. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Kurt Warner, how awesome is that? Thanks for our listeners on SiriusXM. Thanks for our listeners on Pandora. Thanks for our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. You know, we record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Shine on Sports weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, and on the SXM app. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Sirius XM Podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.